it's the next level. Mm. Mm. You want me to protect number five? It's not that complicated, honey. If anyone deserves to die, it's him. That's true. You but... said he was the most wanted man in the commission. Yes, I did. And now you want me to protect him. That's correct. After everything he's done to you, he's the reason you got demoted. Be that as it may, it's worth more to me alive. Well, you want to kill somebody? Why don't you kill Diego? No. You sure, darling? I think it'll make you feel better. Nah. Suit yourself. Hey panelers, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this week we are covering the Umbrella Academy Season 2, Episode 4, The Majestic 12. And the synopsis for this week's episode is, While Allison searches frantically for Ray, Vanya contends with a crisis at the farm. Meanwhile, Five, Diego, and Lila crash a party at the Mexican consulate. Which I find funny because, you know, Diego crashing a party at a Mexican consulate? I didn't even think of that. I didn't even put that together. You know, we don't really know if what he is, right? We don't know if he's. I mean, we know the name Diego is typically a he Spanish. He could be Cuban. He could yeah, be he could from be Cuban, Spain. He could be yeah. He could be Venezuelan. <laughs> you know, he could be Portuguese. You know, whatever. Well, I don't look know. at him during the actual consulate when he's at the party. His hair is all shaggy and long. Yeah. And that suit too, and nobody really paid no attention if yeah, you recall. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. That they, what his we don't know really what his heritage is. So he could be you know could be Mexican, could be something else. But yeah, that's that is pretty funny. Yeah, I like that. You know, I did not look up and I didn't look in the notes to see if you had either if this majestic twelve was a real thing or. You know, I know there's been different theories about, like, conspiracy theories about, even with the JFK assassination, you know, that there was, uh, you know, if you ever watched the movie The Star Chamber, those kind of things that are all about, you know, these groups that are, that, like, run, kind of run the world sort of thing. And you watched The X-Files, you know, that whole group that had the cigarette-smoking man in charge of them. That that kind of, that's what this Majestic 12 kind of feels like. Yeah, like an X-Files episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) definitely. But it was pretty good. Yeah. And I guess we should start off with our top fives. Oh, yeah. Let's just go right into it. wonder if it's too late to be unadopted. All right. I'll start off this week. So my number five would be Lila's history in the very beginning. Now, we know who she is to some degree, how the handler took her in after a job that was a hit on her parents, then takes her in and adopts her as her own. The training, you know, and being an assassin, manipulator, or, you know, of other words, time cop at this point. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, it is the time syndicate, if you think about it. So it's finally we get a little bit of backstory. We know, you know, well, what my suspicions are with her in the very beginning. It's like, you know, I don't trust her. Something's going on with her. Well, we know right now it's like, you know, she's an adopted daughter of the handler mm-hmm. and it's her way of, you know the handler's way of getting to number five i think or to manipulate to whatever Diego, she mean. wants or well, to number five kind number of, five yeah because of, but her I, hatred for number five but also using diego you know it's still it's not really clear at all because i think it was really i think lila 
was just was put in that position because she's part of the commission. She's one of their field agents. And I think it's just like I the, the impression I got from it. And this was my number five as well, because I was kind of like that. I was kind of partially right last week when we were talking about this, whether her story was true about her parents, whether they mm. were killed by the commission, which we do. You do see we don't see who the assassin was, but we see that that assassin was dressed the same way as like Hazel and Cha-Cha, the way they dressed. So I'm my suspicion is that number five killed her parents as like when he was an adult, hmm. you know, working for the commission. And because the impression I got was that, that the commission doesn't know that this girl is, is like was raised as the handler's daughter. That's kind of the impression I get. Now, I could be wrong on that. It could be all out in the open that the commission knows about their relationship, but I really don't think so because I feel like the commission put Lila in that asylum, you know, because they're coming after all of, or I guess the 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 handler put Lila in the asylum to protect Diego because that's what she did, right? When the, Swedish, when the Swedes came and attacked the asylum, Lila was the one who basically got Diego out. Mm, and yeah. and then later now, and that was why Lila was so confused when the handler said, well, I need you to protect number five. And she was like, well, wait a minute. I'm, aren't we supposed to kill number five? You know, so there's this whole, we've got a little bit of a confusion there. And Lila at one point, I, I think I've got the quote in my notes, maybe, or I don't think I did actually. At one point, the handler says, well, you just kill Diego then. If you want to kill somebody, just kill Diego. <laughs> and... So we're, we're going to have to find out whether Lila's feelings for Diego are true or if they're just part of the whole scam with the handler. Very true. Yeah, I, I have a funny feeling that she has something for him, though. It, I, you know, it's, it's, as crazy me, as she is, but... Well, and, you know, that whole crazy thing, it appears, was just, uh, that's just a put-on. That's just her cover with Diego is that she's crazy. You I don't know, think so. Immediately when she, <laughs> well, no, immediately when she goes into the handler's room, she's a totally different person. She's talking differently and she's acting differently. So, I mean, I don't I really think that that is all a cover for her. I mean, I don't think she really is this kind of I, I mean, we'll see, I guess. But it could be just an enhancement of her own self, you know. And then, you know, I don't know. We'll see. It, yeah. It's just a matter of time within these episodes. Because, mm -hmm. you know, right now we're at episode four. We have six more to go. So Right. And I wonder if we're going to get, if we're going to find out why the commission killed her parents. What was their involvement? What, in, exactly. What was the reason thing? for the hit on them? Was right. she something of like a, a meta or something? Or is she the same age as these kids? No, I don't think that because she, well, I guess she could be because it was, her parents were killed in 1993. Yeah, that's where we have to do the math and Yeah, you know, and I don't remember. Out. I don't think so then. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, I don't think she's one of the, she's not one of the, the alien kids. I don't but think she that's. But must, she must uh, have something or her parents must have had something to do with something within history. Well, yeah, and we know that that's what the commission does is they yeah. eliminate people that are going to make history go the way they don't want it to go. So that's what I'm saying is I wonder if we're going to find out uh, whether or not you know, what the reason was. And, you know, it was it was very, to me, it was very blatant that they were making sure we did not see the assassin's face. 
Mm. Because I mean, they literally cut it off right at the neck. All you could yeah, see. Yeah, that that's was definitely something that's going to come up later. And your yeah. suspicions may be correct. I I would be I would be, you know, part of me would love that they, for them to do something different and have it be somebody else. But at the same time, they have to connect it with somebody within yeah. the actual core in and, order to make it proper. So yeah, and I, I, think, I think your suspicions probably correct. So. And keep in mind, people. Yeah, I did watch. Oh, but that's do I right. remember it? So anything? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> it may come back to you though. So, so it may hold come on back to, to me. But I, you know, I to me, it's like I, my memory is terrible. I have to watch <laughs> things a few times in order for them to click. So at least I admit that. But the the thing is, is that yeah, you know, it's, especially with the we already talked about the introduction, especially with Diego and them at the. Uh, the banquet itself, you know, that big party at the Mexican consulate, mm-hmm. he's there and, you know, we he meets mother or a version of mother yeah. at a certain yeah. point. Yeah, you know, I had that so. in my notes, actually, was that, that him meeting the real or the great, the real person that Grace was based on. Or so. inspiration for Grace as the mother, yeah. Yeah, or inspiration for her, yeah, however, however you want to put it, but yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, and also you topped on Lila, and I just love how in this episode five suspicions of Lila. He doesn't like her at all. Yeah. <laughs> he just like hates her. He has such a disdain well, it's, for her. It's like one of those things that I wonder if like he can tell like that she's got the whiff of the commission on her. That you know, like he's he's so he knows so much about the commission that he, he might have his suspicions that, that she's part of that. Yeah, he could smell a lie like it's a fart in a car or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't gonna go that far, but um <laughs> Yeah, so that brings us to your number four. Uh, that would be Klaus's refusal to not give up on Dave. You know, he, he goes to that diner to stop him from enlisting or just to have, a, like, a little conversation of not enlisting into the military. Mm-hmm. And then as he tries to not convince him, you know, Dave's uncle shows up, and it's like a scuffle between Klaus and the uncle within no. the diner. No, I mean, yeah, kind of. I know Dave hits him, but no, yes. it was yeah. It, I mean, uh, yeah, the uncle can tell like he had like what some rednecks can do. They he senses. He thought, yeah, he he was like you know that yeah he's he's a homosexual. Right. He doesn't like him, and he doesn't really push. He he tells he pushes Dave, Dave to, hit him. to yeah. hit him. Yes, but it, it's it in it ensues this whole scuffle within. The diner itself, which pushes Dave away a little bit in some respect, which yeah. is kind of hard to take, you know. Well, because remember, this is this is at least a few years before Klaus and Dave meet in yes. the war. So, so he has no clue, and he may not even. Um, I don't want to get into the whole homosexuality, but he thing. might not even be aware of that he's a homosexual. That's that's what I'm saying is is I don't yeah. you know whether I don't want to get into the whole debate of whether it's choice or or whatever you know exactly. Um, but he just it's it, we know that this is prior to uh, him at least dealing with those feelings if he's already having them or not. Yeah, and then I think this pushed him over the edge. But in the fact that he actually states he goes, I already enlisted, right. <laughs> And then Klaus was like, what? Because that wasn't, that's not what you told me. You told me it was like the day after or, you know, Kennedy was assassinated, you know. Well, and that's the thing, like, like what, and what could have, it just depends on the timing of the situation because like, um, like there's, there's a whole, there's a whole 
thing with enlisting in the military, and I'm sure it was even this way 40 years ago, that you don't just like sign the papers and then you walk out the next day to go to like unless you're drafted, you don't you don't sign the papers and walk out the next day and go to boot camp. No, it's there's a length of time in between. Yes. And so, you know, there's like a, for me, it was 11 months actually from when I actually signed up before I actually left and went to boot camp. So, you know, it, it could be it could be any number. He could have had that day of JFK's assassination as maybe that's the day that he leaves to go to boot camp or maybe that's the day, you know, that, whatever that he takes his oath, something like that, uh, because yeah. that's what, what you do when you're at the MEP station before going to boot camp. You take your oath and then you go. Uh, to basic training. Hmm. Okay. So that brings us to my number four. Yes. Uh, it's Allison, and it's Allison finding out that her, her husband that he ran away because she he thought she was like in with the cops or a federal agent or something like that. And I, I thought it was interesting that we're not the only podcast that bought into the superpower thing that that we thought he ran away because he was afraid of her superpower he didn't even realize she has a superpower and this is something that i thought a lot about this week as i was ruminating on the episode and as i I watched it again is that we had so many superpower movies and we're so aware from comic books that that was our default we figured oh he must he must realize she has a superpower and that's what he was scared of but no he didn't like it didn't he didn't even go to the superpower side of it he thought that she's like a plant or something like and, more of a political thing and or, yeah. or like an undercover agent for, yeah. be, you know, and, uh, and so I thought that was really interesting that, that we, we bought into, you know, he was just a normal guy having a normal reaction to his wife, possibly betraying him. And uh, I thought that was interesting that, uh, to take that, that stance of it. And so I wonder if we're going to get, if she's going to reveal the power to him at some point to try to convince him that she's she's truly on his side or or how that's going to play out. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it, you saying that and me listening to everybody else's podcast too. I'm yeah. starting to say the same thing in my head that yeah, yeah, we all took that stance of we thought it was just about the superhero mm-hmm. powers and it's really about the whole political yeah and the corruption of its time and then him being or you and my wife or you a plan or something right exactly exactly so i thought that was that was interesting so my number three that would be luther seeing and talking to allison at minnie's barbecue and i noticed it was a blacks only barbecue spot oh that's interesting i didn't notice that but it's pretty funny how you know he was accepted i i guess his hulking (laughs) looking persona allowed him to be there or something their conversation, I thought, was a nice way for them to reconnect. It was needed for Luther at a certain point. He was really uncomfortable when he talked to her, but showed that he was concerned for her, you know, and Allison stated that she never gave up on him and the others. And the fact that they were able to talk casually at a certain point while mm-hmm. he was having lunch and she was there, and he got to that point of being comfortable. And I think that really came about after when she said she, you know, she's not with Ray at that point. So I think that loosened him up a little bit. I didn't get that part of the conversation. She's she's still wanting to be with her husband. Yes. They're not separated or anything. They weren't separated, but she left him. She 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 made it sound like he, you know, they were not together at the moment. Yeah, I didn't get that impression, but maybe. I, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. I only watched it twice. So oh, okay. Maybe I, I didn't get that impression. And this was actually my number two was just this whole conversation because I thought it was cool that this is the first time we're getting 
these the, two characters talking about the other siblings and kind of breaking down what <laughs> how they are yeah and, and how each of them found each other and then and then you know like she's like she's she's like klaus is a cult leader and he goes mm, that yeah. makes sense you know or yep. something like that you know and, and diego is in a psychiatric and then, ward and he goes, yeah, yeah exactly saw that coming yeah. exactly yeah yes yeah, so it was really it was really fun it, it was a good conversation you get to see this this fact that luther realizes they can have a they can still be siblings even if they don't have a romantic relationship is kind of what i the way i took it yeah and you know i thought it was it was interesting that they both you know luther tells her about the apocalypse coming <laughs> and he just kind of matter-of-factly says it and then oh his, by the way there's another apocalypse we started yeah, another one what yeah oh and she's yeah like, we did what? no we need to go do something about it and he's like eh, you know uh, <laughs> i i really like this luther this kind of uh you know he's laid he's, back it not, yeah it's not just laid back it's just like it's almost like he doesn't care you know, uh, and he's just like, whatever, it's just another thing. And like when he's when he's at the at Elliot's. Oh, yeah. He's talking about how his wife had left him. And he goes, well, it doesn't matter. She's going to be dead in five days or eight days. Whatever it is. Anyway, they're, <laughs> yeah, all they're high on. Yeah. Yeah. On the nitrous. So. So, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was hilarious. So um, where does that leave us? Does that bring us to your number two? Because. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. My number two would be uh, Vanya's use of her power to find Harlan. You know, mm-hmm. she she tracked him down to use her power uh, and use her powers. You know, basically, he runs out of the house. They knew she knew he was heading more towards the water, and then you know she uses her power to dispel that water from the pond to mm-hmm. find him. And then she revives him with her powers as well. And it looked like something went into him, though. Like you, you saw that little blah, 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 mm-hmm, you those know, lights. Yeah. Those kind of lights came out of her. Yeah. And it seemed like so. I don't know. Maybe now if he's going to have some sort of power or not, that's going to be because it was the same kind of lights that you know in in episode ten of season one that Hargrave Hargreaves released out into the world or whatever you know. Mm. So it, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what that effect has. And this was actually in my notes was this because I thought it was interesting that we've never seen her use her powers like this before. And this is almost like a healing thing. Well, it's not just that, but I'm talking about the fact that that water was suspended in the air and then she released it after she got back onto the bank. And then it, it all went back into that was lake. a lot of control from her with exactly her power. for having amnesia, not knowing what to do. That so I'm interested to see if you know I, I still I, I still think the amnesia was real, but it just seems like she's gained a certain control over her power that we didn't we haven't seen. Maybe it's before. like a muscle, you know, just a Could natural be, yeah, muscle. That, that, it just it just is a weird like like I could see. If she had pushed all the water out of the lake and it just and it stayed dry, correct? But yeah, her being able to suspend that water up in the air and then for it to fall back down into the lake, so basically nobody knows, you know, unless somebody questions. Well, wait, why aren't you wet? You should be wet if you pulled him out of the lake. So that may come in the next episode or something. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have to see. But yeah, that's interesting. So my number two is uh, just 
that I love that song by Styx, The Renegade. I love yep. how it's played when it starts when Allison is being kind of shunned by her husband. And then we we see Klaus falling off the wagon. I just think that was a great <laughs> uh, song choice, you know, and then he comes home and his followers have found him and he's running away from them. And he's still got the, the bottles of alcohol that he drops some of them, but he, he, stays, he kept he, one. He keeps <laughs> that was, one. That was yeah. a, loss, a lot of liquor you right know, there. <laughs> and then he shows up. He shows up at Allison's and he's finished the bottle apparently and, and he's just like yeah i'm just gonna sleep here on your couch and uh, <laughs> i love that you know that was a very we had already seen the very touching reunion between them where she jumped into the pool you know and now we see this kind of caring for him and putting the blanket over him kind of thing so uh i i really like that we're seeing more of the siblings together as adults than we, you know, cause when they, when they were in season one, they were all apart and they came together after Har- for Hargreaves funeral. And then we kind of saw them start to develop that closeness again, uh, especially in the day that was and the day that wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, the day that wasn't the day that was. So I, I like that we're seeing some more of that here to where we're seeing them being brothers and sisters and talking to each other. And, uh, yeah, especially in that scene, though, with Klaus trying to talk to Allison and to get her to help, but uses the scorpion, the frog story to convince her. <laughs> so ridiculous. And, and then he just says, yeah, scorpions are bitches and we don't talk to the terrorists. Basically, yeah. that was his end result to Allison. She goes, what does that have yeah. to do with what's going on? I just love that for the fact that it just I, I just love the actor and how he portrays Klaus. But then again, I'm told that he's an extreme kind of actor and a person because yeah. he, he was in the show The Misfits or something that was on HBO I think or Netflix and he he's and every interview I've seen with him he's like he's that kind of wild Irish yeah. actor yeah it's just him getting that story so wrong and you're just like <laughs> like when he starts telling it he's I'm like wait no that's not you're not telling no, it correctly and, then he, and, and the I'm right just like thing. what <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you are drunk. (laughs) You know, it was great. It was great. I just, I just, I laughed every time I, as I watched it. That brings me to my number one. There you go. And that would be uh, Luther and Elliot high on nitrous oxide. (laughs) Luther talking about father issues and being left on the moon. And then Elliot talking about how he doesn't leave the place between certain times of the day. Or he only leaves the place between certain times, between 10 yeah. and 11. That's yeah, all. He, 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 other than that, he stays inside. I thought All was, the time. He's like, yeah. he's a hermit. And then Luther drops the bomb of, and laughing while he says it, it's like, we'll be dead in seven days. <laughs> That's Elliot. That was hilarious. I just love that scene. Yeah. And the last part would be, you know, we already put in, you know, and it's kind of a cliche thing with between Sissy and Vanya. I brought it up the last time with the mm-hmm. the calluses on the fingers, mm-hmm. but it was something you know we were getting to see that relationship sort of unfold. So we had our suspicions; it's there, and that's where we're at now. Yeah, I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so my number one is the attack on the consulate by the the Swedes, um, and I love how uh, when he teleports out of that closet as his father's about to stab it, he, he teleports right in front of the Swedes who are there to kill them. You know, um, Lila kind of shows her hand because remember the handler told, told her to protect five, and so when Diego's fighting two of them and five's only fighting one, she goes and helps five. So mm-hmm. I thought that was... Uh, we're going to see the fallout of that in the next episode, probably. Um, 
you know, as I already mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the handler even tells her that she, if she wants to kill somebody, she can kill five. And uh, then, you know, five shouts something at their father in some kind of weird foreign language or ancient language or something. And we see the father react to it, but we don't know what he said. So I hope we find out later what, uh, what was said. Yeah. Same here. Um, I'm looking through my notes. Uh, five. Yeah, this they are very committed to this five being in his Umbrella Academy uniform. <laughs> like he hasn't changed clothes. Yeah, since the first season. Yeah, since since well, since he came back in time and he was in those clothes and he changed into fresh clothes. New of it. Yeah, Academy clothes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to look. We've we've talked about most of my uh there was a lot of times they said it's complicated in this episode <laughs> yeah it's like yeah at least four or five times it's complicated uh was used well that's their facebook status so yeah exactly uh <laughs> let's see uh other than that we've talked about all my notes yeah with mine the only others i would have would be elliot's persistence with conspiracy theories yeah to help you know five and diego and lila to get to the banquet where they see their adoptive father in the picture, which Elliot points out as the other guy that people can't make out as part of the big conspiracy group that's out there. Yeah, that was great when he said, I've identified 11 of them, but I don't know who the 12th is. And they all just jumped on the fact that, well, it must be Reginald Hargreaves. So I Mm -hmm. think that's one of those things that maybe we'll find out later that it actually is, or maybe it won't be him. I don't know. Yeah, and the only other thing I would have would be the fight at the banquet with mm-hmm. Kiss's song, I Was Made for Loving You, Baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fight with Lila, uh, Diego, and the Swedish Brothers. Not a song I was a fan of as I grew up when I when it came out back in the 70s, but I got to love it as I, I got to love it a little bit more as I got to, you know, got a little older. And the scenes were really good and choreographed well with the actual song itself. I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. So it was a nice mix. And then we've got a few quotes here. Uh, do you want to go with yours first, and we'll just kind of go back and forth? Yeah, I have. Uh, the first one would be Luther Tavania saying, you've kind of had a bad childhood, and that was about her being responsible for the apocalypse after yeah. he drops the bomb. Now, mind you, he did it nicely, whereas Five kind of just brushed off the whole telling the truth to Vanya about why the world, you know, got destroyed yeah yeah and i like that luther kind of took he kind of took you know he took some of the the brunt of it the blame as well he says we you know we weren't yeah we weren't the best to you and stuff so yeah that's really good um i love when the handler's talking to lila and she says she doesn't understand and uh, the handler says that's the thing about the commission some things don't make sense until they do <laughs> so <laughs> i thought that was great yeah uh, next one I have would be five saying, I wonder if it's too late to be unadopted. And that's after he couldn't get Vanya to help because she had to get back to the farm. Yeah. <laughs> he did it. It's like that snide comment. It's like, oh, man, I wish I could be unadopted. <laughs> yeah, he can't get anybody to help him out. He's just like, you know, be, just assure me that you'll be there when I need you or something like that. Yeah. I love when they're looking at the invitation to go to the consulate. Lila says, we should go. Says there's going to be a seafood tower. <laughs> That I like, because I would go for a seafood tower myself. (laughs) Uh, Last one I would have would be Klaus saying, pink can be very masculine in the right setting to Dave's uncle when the (laughs) uncle mocks the color as being queer. Yeah. And then my last one is just, I loved when Five kind of, uh, he says, 
find the old man and get out fast. And, and that's five. And then Diego says, that's what I said. <laughs> because, like, the way he said it was so complicated. I don't even remember. He was like, extraction and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Old military really base. Long, yeah, thing. <laughs> long like, what? What? And five just goes, find the old man and get out fast. Diego says, that's what I said. So, yeah, I thought that was cool. So we have some feedback here. Yeah, we got some feedback here. Uh, it's from Daphne. And she says, hi, Mark and Steve. Here's feedback for number four. And she goes, hi, guys. I'm loving the season so far and can't believe we're almost to the halfway point. Same here. Mm. It's wild for the fact these seasons are only, what, 10 episodes long. Yeah. And she continues on saying, Luther and Vanya bonding over their mutual feelings that Five is an asshole (laughs) reminded me that it's easy to forget that although Five looks like a kid, He's lived a long life and has good reasons for being uptight sometimes, which is true. He may be more mature than the rest of them due to the life lessons he's already learned. The scene where Diego notices his non-robot mother was so sentimental and Sissy's story about being in the box is really, has really resonated with me. It's nice to see Vanya get some happiness, although I'm not sure how this will all play out this season when and if the siblings return to the present and she goes looking forward to the next episode so thank you daphne very much for that feedback that's awesome yes thank you very much and we'll move on to some news well i just want panelists to know that there will be a new network for podcasts coming out soon i'm in the middle of creating it i'll be setting this up soon and you will see the release of it by the end of august this we're recording right now Saturday, August 22nd, so I'm hoping by the end of the week, (laughs) at the end of next week, that it'll be up. So the domains and licensing are all set, and the name of the network for the meter that I'm creating is called Pirate Core Entertainment. We have podcasts already slated for its premiere and release, and we will give the date when it's ready, so that way you guys start listening to those particular podcasts and visit that website. So just keep listening and look out for Pirate Core Entertainment. Like I stated, there will be podcasts. In the future, there will be videos and other content because it's not going to just be podcasts and video. We're looking to get artists involved, cosplayers, and YouTube content as well from our friends. So Panels of Pixels will remain on the Next Level Podcast Radio Online Network. And there will be new content for PyroCore Entertainment, and we will be promoting that on both podcasts. So there will be cross promotion right there so then there will always be a link for panels to pixels on the pirate core entertainment network as well so that way you could keep in touch there so i know this was back in june when i started saying it but you know i figured i might as well let you guys know so that's a pretty cool thing that's going on next up would be my little review for galaxy con online you know, it, it happened way back in June, I guess the middle of June, when I did it. But I finally got stuff back. I actually got the uh, autograph from Kristen Ritter about a week ago. And then just today, I picked up, and they do a video snapshot of you and the celebrity. Instead of, like, you and doing, like, a photo op, the video call that we did, apparently there's Kristen and myself, and then she autographs it, and that's what I got out of that. I didn't get the actual video itself, 
so I wasn't sure if that was in that package. So for the most part, I enjoyed the actual interaction and the actual con itself for the panels. The only issue I had with the actual one-on-one that you have, they limit it to like three minutes or something, which is not really much because if you want to have a conversation with the with the person you really can only say i love you for this oh thank you very much and that's pretty much all that you get she kept having you know to add on more time so that that was my only drawback to an online con that i've had so far and then the shout out was pretty quick but it took a while for that to come so when you do these things keep in mind they have to wait for the celebrity. I guess it's a whole handshaking thing that they have to do with the convention. So you have to figure out what's worth your time and what's worth your money with these particular cons. So keep that in mind when you do that. And that's, you know, I give that particular con for an online, I gave it like three out of five. It's about a little bit more than halfway of uh, what I would do for a regular physical con. Uh, most cons I usually go to I give like 4 out of 5 rating but that's my thoughts if you guys want to jump in you send your feedback to us you could tell us in a Facebook comment or you could email us and let us know what your thoughts are and with comic book news well comic news we have Ben Affleck is back as the Batman in the Flash movie with Ezra Miller So I'm so glad about that one of my favorite Batmans is coming back to reprise his role I'm assuming that it's going to be a Flashpoint. That's the whole thing with the Flash. He does Flashpoint since Michael Keaton is tied to it as well. Plus, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is rumored as to be tied to it as well. And I think Ben will be there as Bruce Wayne to push Barry Allen to focus in on his mother and the change that happened that created Flashpoint. And But then Barry changes the time with his travels and encounters other Batman, which would be Michael Keaton you know, his version of Batman, and maybe Jeffrey D. Morgan's portrayal of, you know, Thomas Wayne as the Batman in the multiverse. But those are my thoughts, and we can speculate all we want. You can always send your comments in, you know, in our Facebook page regarding this. I'll, I'll probably throw up a few teaser pictures and stuff, and you guys could just comment if you want. So, and then the last of it would be DC Fandom is going on as we record right now. And I got to see the Wonder Woman 1984 panel, which was really good. I loved the Suicide Squad 2 film panel with James Gunn leading the way with the panel and all the actors that was in it. They gave a lot of behind-the-scenes footage, and I thought that was amazing. And check out all of the DC fandom on YouTube on their or on their website. It should be available once this episode is available, because usually a lot of people record the particular event and then re-release it. Uh, During the day, I was actually watching other people's commentating as they were watching, and I know a few of the guys that were doing it, and I put in my comments as well, but I would prefer just to watch it as it was coming up. You know, this was done all around the world. It wasn't just done within America. They had it in Germany and all different countries, and it was pretty interesting to watch. So if you have the time and you want to search for DC Fandom on YouTube, go ahead, do so. I recommend it. All right. The only podcast recommendation I have uh, for this week is that uh, House Podcastica will be covering uh, Cobra Kai Season 2. When it drops toward the end of this month, they uh, already recorded some of their thoughts, and I was able to send them. I got some... uh, 
I got to watch a few of the episodes and send them some voicemail for those as well. So check out House Podcastica's reviews of Cobra Kai Season 2 that's on the Podcastica Network. Did you like it any better than the first season? Because you sound a little bit, you know, I, I, distant yeah, about it. Yeah, I, I liked it. It's, it, it's, it's different. It's different, and season two is pretty good. I'm just waiting. My only hesitancy about season two is a lot of people said they were disappointed by season two. Really? And so far, the first four episodes, I've enjoyed it. I think it's got a good balance, and, uh, you know, we'll see what the rest of it once the rest of it drops. Hmm. I really enjoyed season two. Okay. I thought it was a little bit better than season one. You know, season one was where, you know, you got to relearn about Danny and, you know, Johnny and their interactions and everything else. But this, it just, you know, continues on and (laughs) a lot more interesting story at this point, too. So uh, I recommend them, too. Yeah, they're all, you know, podcast guys doing great with Cobra Kai. My only two would be TV Podcast Industries and Strange Indeed on their continued coverage on the Umbrella Academy Season 2. I love listening to them, so usually once I'm done editing, I just love to listen to my friends' views on the same shows that we are all covering. Then we talk to one another after and we have recorded and have just fun geeking out as we talk about these things. We'll probably do this probably within another hour, you know, between Rima and Bake. But, you know, we just have fun. I... You generally, it's funny. I love talking on the podcast. I'll do the editing, but then after a while, I'll get tired of hearing me say the same thing. So I've already heard our podcast several times. So I, I'm like usually on the ride home or something where I have time enough to concentrate. I'll just listen to Rima and Pake or Derek and his friends. It's fun to do because you know I'll be like yes, and I'll just be you know people look at you in the next car going, "What is he doing? He's talking to himself." No, I'm listening to the podcast and I'm agreeing. I just have fun with that, and I just love listening to my friends talk about the same thing that we do, because that way, at times, we could just geek out. Yeah, and Derek and John uh, have just started a Lovecraft Country podcast as well that's, yes. uh, that's coming out on the TV podcast industry's feed. I need to kept up, catch up on their Umbrella Academy. They they finished Umbrella Academy yes. season two, and uh, they're going to start the boys here in a couple weeks as well as we are. So Yes, definitely. And if you haven't seen Lovecraft Country, it's really good. I got to see a little bit of the first episode, and I liked it. So if you liked what we've been doing with the Umbrella Academy, everything based in the 60s, and that whole timeline, go watch that. That would be the best thing to do. And I only have one YouTube recommendation. That would be the Grim Life Collective with their Up All Night with the Grimms movie watch parties. So just like I stated before, one device to watch the movie and the other to watch Michael and Jessica as they talk over the movie as they watch you can chat with them real time and have a good time they are currently putting out more original content as we well lately and i suggest you check out the original content because they'll go to um historical sites as well uh they did leonard skinner's crash site uh they visited a few mausoleums and things of that nature of uh, celebrities that have passed away and give a little story about their passing and what had happened within that. So I, I suggest checking them out. I, we wish them well on their move after the Christmas holiday from Florida. They're from Orlando, so they're going from Orlando, Florida, to California. So good luck, Michael and Jessica, on your travels. I know it's a little bit of time away from now to do that, but, you know, that's a big step for them, and I'm proud of them for doing so. 
All right. So we love to get feedback from our listeners. And obviously you can hear us on any of your podcast player of choice. But to submit feedback to us, you can go to our website, which is www.panelstopixelspodcast.com. You can also submit feedback through our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash panels to pixels. You can email us as Daphne did at panels to pixels one at gmail.com, which is panels to pixels one. The T.O. is spelled out right there in the middle. The number one at gmail.com. You can call us and leave a voicemail at 845-350-2095. You can also find us on YouTube under Panels to Pixels Podcast. Send us feedback on any of the episodes of Season 2. Just make sure you identify what uh, what episode it is because we are going to try to stay true to one episode a week. Yeah, definitely. We are going to try to stick to that. Even if we have to double up on the boys when the boys comes out, we'll try to stick to this uh, one episode per podcast so that way it works out and where else can listeners hear us steve well i send voicemails to various podcasts and you can hear my voice there but of course i'm right here on panels to pixels on the next level online podcast network (laughs) and i can be found right here as well on panels to pixels sending out audio feedback as well just like steve does to other podcasts that i love that aren't my friends do well thank everyone for listening i'm mark and i'm steve and this was panels to pixels and we'll see you all on the next panel good night